verses 4 through 7. And uh, we're going to be there, and we're also going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. And we've been kind of going through this series on fear and anxiety. And uh, we've been talking about, I've been trying to use different passages of Scripture to just give a biblical perspective on it. I'm not a, I'm not a trained psychologist. I'm not a doctor in the field or anything like that, but I do believe that there are some um, biblical principles that deal with fear and that deal with anxiety that we, can, that we can glean from. And there are some truths from Scripture that, you know, they were, they were written so many years ago, but they're truths that are, 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 are relevant for us today. And so, so yeah, for, so for the last few weeks, we've been talking about that. Heard that my buddy Steve did a good job last week, so I was excited to hear that and um, wonderful that he could cover in my stead. But in Philippians chapter, Philippians chapter 4, it says this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, and it will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. It's interesting, this word here for worry in Philippians is the Greek word marinao, which is two words put together. The first word means to tear and to divide, and the second part means the mind. So it literally means the mind is being torn apart. And um, so I don't know. I don't know if you have ever felt like that before, where your mind is being pulled one way, like you know the promises of God, but at the same time, you have fear in your life, and at the same time, you're thinking of things that could be happening to you. And it's like, you know, marinao, this, this tearing apart of the mind. For some of us, I think anxiety is a minor thing, but for others of us, it's kind of a crushing thing. And so when we hear this idea of be anxious for nothing, it almost seems like it's impossible. Anxiety seems like it's been an increase over the past few years. You know, you think us coming off this global pandemic and racial issues and violence in schools and hurricanes and economic woes and inflation and unemployment and the housing market and the stock market and the supermarket and all these things. And anxiety seems like it's going around rampant and it's doing its own thing. It's interesting, the, the word worry itself comes from a Greek word, which uh, comes from a German word. The, the, the word worry in English comes from a, ger- a German word, which actually means to being choked out. And uh, I, I, was, I was reading in scripture from Matthew chapter 13, and it says, this kind of interesting, it says, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life, the marinao of life, and the, deceitful, the, deceitful, the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And so, I don't know, I, when I see this, when I see worry, I see that it has become something that I think the enemy uses to hinder us, and the enemy uses to deceive us, and the enemy uses to keep us from our full, full, full potential in him. And so um, the passage of scripture specifically that we're going to be looking at, again, from Philippians chapter 4, is in Matthew chapter 6. And so I'm just going to read that real quick. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, uh, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of them, can any of you, 
by worrying add a single hour to your life. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If, if that is how God clothed, clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the fire, will he not, uh, how much more will he not also clothe you, you of little faith? Do you do not worry? Uh, uh, so, so do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear?" For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom. I'll say that again. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Father, again, we just pray that you speak to us this morning. God, we pray that you bring down the temperature here this morning too, Father. We pray that you do your work in our hearts this morning, Father. We pray that we just open ourselves to everything that you have for us, God. I pray that we won't be... um, um, hiding things or restricting things, but that our heart will be completely open for whatever you want to do in our hearts, Father. I pray that you speak to us and minister to us and change us, and I just pray that your spirit does his thing in your holy name. Amen. So Matthew chapter 6. Jesus was speaking what is considered by many to be his most famous teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. We're only touching a, a small portion of it, but, it, but here he is. He's talking, again, many they believe this is his most famous teaching. He touches on lots of different things. He's speaking on the mountainside, and the, the multitudes were listening. You can imagine that with me. Imagine this panoramic view of him talking and the sea in the distance and the the crowds of people, the multitudes of people. And, and, and I kind of wonder what the crowd was like that he was talking to. You know, I kind of wonder what the crowd is like. You know, and to, to be honest, uh, can, can, I, can I be transparent with you guys this morning? Can I, is it okay if I'm transparent with you guys? Um, when I preach, I, I pray and I ask God for guidance. And um, I'll, I'll practice in the mirror um, throughout the week. Maybe that sounds kind of lame, but I pray and I research and I do all sorts of things. And a lot of times I prep my sermons. I know my sermon subject about six months in advance. So I knew I was talking on anxiety and worry about six months in advance. But um, there's a lot of just prayer. There's a lot of um, trying to find scripture and you, you find a scripture and you research it and it kind of, there's a lot of information that you study and then the trick is to, to bring it down. So after you have all this information, the trick is to kind of bring it down so that it's something palpable. Palpable? Palpable? Pal- palatable. P- thank you, Paul. Palatable so that people, you know, aren't lost in all the random information that you're giving. And, you know, I've heard different people say that you should try to narrow a sermon down to like one point or two points or three points. And so, so a lot of times I'm praying and I'm seeking God and I'm just asking God to, 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 to minister through me to you. And, um, yeah, so, it, but, but to be honest, I, I really don't know um, 
everyone's trials. I don't know everyone's issues. I don't know everyone's worries. I don't know everyone's struggles. I don't know a lot. You know, I I, I know many of you um, to a certain degree, but there's a lot of, I mean, when I prep, there's, uh, to be honest, there's a lot where I go in and it's a little bit blind. You know, I kind of know what God wants me to speak on, but it's a little bit blind. Like I, I preach and someone will come up to me after I preach and they're like, Hey, Evan, you know, that, that really ministered to me. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I was going through this, and what you said here was exactly what I needed to hear. And the Lord is graceful, and the Lord is merciful. And so a lot of times I go up, and I'm, I'm a little nervous, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little blind. And um, when I preach, I just depend on the Lord to use what I say to minister. But think about this for a moment. So that's how I prepare. But think about this for a moment. When Jesus is speaking to the crowd... He knows exactly the worries. He knows exactly the anxieties. He knows exactly the fears. He knows everything. And, 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 and think about the people that he was talking to, right? So he, he's sitting here, he's talking to the multitudes. And even among his very disciples, think about this. Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew were all going to be crucified. Uh, James, the son of Zebedee, these were his disciples. These were men that were, that were at the, on the sermon. Uh, James, the son of Zebedee, was, gonna be he- was going to be beheaded and stabbed. James, the lesser, we learn uh, through historians, was stoned and his head was bashed in. Judas was hung. Philip was impaled with iron hooks and hung by his ankles. Mark was dragged to death. James, the half-brother of Jesus, was thrown off a 100-foot wall, according to historians. He survived the fall and then was beaten with clubs to death. Okay? So, so you can imagine Jesus looking out upon the crowd. And these are, these are, his intimate, these are just his intimate, his intimate followers, his disciples. If I were Jesus and I was in this situation, I'd be like, yeah, you know, um, Bill, um, you know, you maybe should be worried because I know that when you leave here, because I know what's going to happen to you when you leave here, I know that 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 rampant rabid goat is going to push you off the cliff. Um, Peter, I, listen, I, 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 you have some temper issues, you have some issues and you really need to work on those things because I, I think like this is something that you need to be worried about. This is this is something that's the, the, it's it's a problem. Like 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 I feel like if I were Jesus and I was in this situation, I would I don't know if I'd tell my people not to worry. I don't know if I'd tell them not to worry. But it's interesting because when you look at Scripture, he actually gives us a couple reasons not to worry. You know, some of us might have. Trials behind us. We might have valleys that we're going through. Anyone here this morning going through some valleys? Can you raise your hand? Anyone here this morning going through going through? Some of you might have valleys in front of you. Some of you might have things coming up in front of you. And 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 I think the the, the crowd that he was talking to. The reason that I'm saying this is the crowd that he was talking to were people that um, did not. They had they had things that weren't. They had trials in front of them, right? And so even if you're going through a trial, if you've been through a trial, you're about ready to go through a trial, I want to encourage you through the word of God this morning, okay? Because I think through scripture, Jesus, uh, in one of his most famous sermons ever, 
gives us a couple of reasons not to worry. Can you say, do not worry? Now say it like you mean it. Do not worry. Do not worry. So look a little bit closer at verse um, 25. Why not worry? Because of your master. Can you say, my master? My master. Look at verse um, 25 again. It says, therefore. Now, 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 the word therefore is often there for a specific reason, but often what it does is it connects a previous thought to the preceding thought. And so... If you look at what was spoken of before, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was talking to them about giving, he was talking to them about prayer, he was talking to them about fasting, but in the immediate section before, you can check this out, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will love the one and hate the other, or he will or, or be devoted to one and despise the other. He talks about being two masters. Now, now, now I, I think... A master maybe today in, in today's uh, society kind of has maybe a negative connotation, the idea of a master and a servant. But the master and servant relationship was quite common in the first century B.C. When you think about it, the master was the one who took care of the needs. If, if, if the servant needed some food, the master took care of it. If the servant needed some water, the master took care of it. If, if the servant needed some clothes, the master took care of it. If, 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 the, if the servant needed some shelter, the master took care of it. The master would provide um, guidance for work, but also the master was in charge of providing protection, and the master was in charge of providing provision. How many of you guys have ever stressed about uh, protection, or how many of you guys have ever stressed about provision? Anyone here this morning? It's like you're just kind of wondering, like, hey, where is my next paycheck? When is it going to come? I really hope it comes a whole lot sooner than it comes. In fact, the other day I was driving Genevieve to her first basketball game for the Lavender Ladies, and I'm driving, and I thought I was going the speed limit, and a police officer pulled me over. I didn't have my driver's license. I was going too fast. I didn't have proof. I didn't have our registration. My wife looks at me and she's like, "They're going to hammer you." I'm like, "Oh." Oh my goodness. And then I start thinking, how am I going to pay for my kids' food? How am I going to pay for my kids? I'm just freaking about all, all the, but how many times in life do we worry about God's provision? We think, you know what? I just don't know if I'm going to make it to my next paycheck. I just don't know how I'm going to pay for these tires. I don't know how I'm going to pay for the groceries that are getting so expensive. I don't know how I'm going to be. We, we struggle with God's provision. Or how many of you have struggled with God's protection? You think, oh my goodness, uh, this is not a safe place for me to be. I'm in this neighborhood. This is crazy. The other day at the bank, we had an attempted robbery, and I, I survived. But you know what I'm talking about? Like, I feel like a lot of times when it comes to our worry, we worry about God's provision, and we worry about God's protection. And I want to remind you this morning that God is your provider, and that God is your protector, and that God is your master, right? Like, in, in Scripture, it says that the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness of Thereof, I think in some ways uh, this is an incredible freeing thing to know that because, because God is our master, because God is in control, he gots this. He's our master. He can take care of us. The master provides provision and the master provides protection. The earth is the, why not worry? The Lord is our master. But also, if you look a little bit further, look down in verse 26. Why not worry? Because the Lord is our Father. Look at the birds of the air. Verse 26. They do not sow or reap 
or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He's talking about birds, and he's talking about our heavenly Father. I was thinking about, I was thinking about birds, and I, first of all, I think, I don't know if I've ever seen a bird worried. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a bird... Um, you know, scratching its head, depressed. I don't know if I've ever seen a bird, um, you know, getting counseling. I don't know if I've ever seen a bird stressing out about things. I don't. That's the first thing that I thought about with a bird. Man, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen a bird worried, and yet a bird does not have the the promise of the hope of heaven. I read this. I read this poem the the, the other day that said. It said this, it said, the, the robin to the sparrow, I'd really like to know why these anxious human creatures rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I guess that it must be that they have no father such as cares for you and me. I was doing some more research. I got stuck on bird research. As I, like, I said, like I said, sometimes you have to narrow it down. And... Um, it's interesting because the, I heard one of the most expensive birds to own is the flamingo. In fact, the flamingo is illegal to own in most countries, but it's one of the most expensive birds to own. And I've heard that actually one of the most intelligent birds is the crow, which is weird, right? So they said that they can actually train the crow. They, the, the crow can actually, the, 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 they said that the crow can, can learn how to put together tools to get food. They said that the crow can also... Um, uh, it, it also shows um, that a, a crow can also uh, do things for delayed gratification, which they said is a very high intelligent thing. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So I started looking and studying about all these birds and crows, and these crows were dropping, uh, figuring out how to drop water in these little tubes to get food, and it's like crazy stuff, studying about birds. Um, my sister had a bird, a, par- a parrot once, and we tried to teach it some things. And it's crazy. Birds can learn things, and birds can do. How many of you guys like birds? Raise your hand. How many of you guys have a pet bird? Raise your hands. I hate birds, but praise the Lord. But, but I think about all the birds, and I think about the birds and all their majesty and all their splendor uh, with all their intelligence. In fact, they said that the crow, they think, might be smarter than some children, right? So the crow is very intelligent. But when I think about all the birds and I think about their intelligence and I think about their costs and their value, I can't think of one bird from from the beginning of time that was made in the image of God. I can't think of one bird. Think about this. It says in scripture, he who did not uh, spare his own son but gave him up for us all. Did you know this morning that you have a father in heaven? Did you know this morning that in scripture it says that you can cast all your cares on him because he cares for you? Did you know this morning that it says that you are his masterpiece, you are his handiwork this morning, right? It doesn't say that we're his birds. It doesn't say that we're his critters. It doesn't say that we're his... But we were, we were made in his image. He, he, it says in scripture that he breathed the breath of life into our nostrils. 
I want to encourage you this morning that you have a master who's going to take care of you, who's going to provide for you, and he's going to protect you. But also you have a father who loves you and who has your best interest in mind because of your father. But look a little bit further. Because he's your master, because he's your father. But then also look at this. It's in verse 27, it says, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? When I think about worrying, I think that there are probably worse sins than worrying. But I don't know if there's any less productive sins than worrying. Worrying, it doesn't add anything to your life. It, 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 it doesn't, it, I would say it actually takes things from your life. I would say it, 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 it steals things from your life. I would say that worry is a, is a thief of joy. I would say that, you know, it, 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 it doesn't do anything for you. I would say that even though we don't know the future, we know the God who does. Amen. You don't have to worry because he is your master. We don't have to, you don't have to worry because he's your father. You don't have to worry because he has the future in his hands. So you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to worry, but, but Pastor Evan, how do I do that? Pastor Evan, should I, should I go out and should I, you know, maybe I should buy a really nice home and that would make me not worry. Pastor Evan, maybe I should go out and find a, a nice, handsome boyfriend, that would make me not worry. Pastor Evan, maybe I should go out and, you know, buy a super nice guitar. Maybe, maybe that would make me not worry. Pastor Evan, maybe I should go find a, a, a very world-renowned psychologist and speak to them, and they could tell me all the mysteries of my mind and my psyche. Maybe, maybe that would help me not worry. Pastor Evan, maybe if I went out and I, I bought all of the Harry Potter books and read them through in one sitting... Maybe that would help me not worry. Pastor Evan, like, 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 what should I do not to worry? What should I, like, I have this anxiety. I, I like, I, I know that God is my master, okay? I, I get that. I know that God is my father. I get that. I understand that God's in, God's in control of my future. I get that. But at the same time, like, what should I do? Matthew chapter 6. Verse 33, which many historians, theologians, people say is the, the, the key to the Sermon on the Mount. His entire, his most famous sermon ever. He says this, he says, but, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And these things will be added to you as well. But seek first his kingdom. I think there are, not to oversimplify things, but I would argue that there are three types of people in the world, and maybe even three types of people in the room. There are those, first of all, that don't seek his kingdom, right? They just don't, they don't seek his kingdom. I got better things to do. I got better places to go. You know, I was reading Dr. Phil the other day, whatever. He's the man, Oprah, that's my gospel. There are people that don't seek his kingdom, you guys know what I'm talking? Have you ever met someone that just 
They, 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 don't, they don't believe in the kingdom. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in Christ. They don't believe that like, maybe God came or maybe Jesus came. Maybe he was a good person. He was probably just a historical figure. But I just, whatever. Like, I don't, like there are those who don't seek his There are those who don't seek his kingdom. But second of all, there are those who seek his kingdom, but they don't seek it first. There are those who seek his kingdom, but they do not seek it first. You know, I'll, I will seek God's kingdom, but, 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 but I got other things to do first. I got a life to live. I got babies to feed. I got uh, a wife to, 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 to keep happy. I got a job to do. I'm going to seek his kingdom, but I'm not going to seek it first. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, maybe I'll be a giver, but after everything is, like, I'm going to seek his kingdom, but I'm not going to seek it first. And to be honest, I think in the first two groups, if people just put God first, if they sought first his kingdom, I think they'd have a lot less anxiety. There are those who don't seek his kingdom. There are those who seek his kingdom, but they don't seek it first. And there are those that seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now listen, I can't promise you that when you seek his kingdom, that your situation will change. I can't promise you that. But I can tell you that when you seek his kingdom, that your perspective and that your heart will change. When you seek him first and when you put him first, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the way that you look at things. It's going to change the way that you view success. It's going to change the way that you view God. It's going to change the way that you view what's important in life when you put him first.